they say that if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. If you don't know where you're going, any road will do. Well, on the second Sunday of Lent, the church reminds us of where we are going. The feast of the trans, uh, the um, gospel of the transfiguration, reminds us of our destiny. And it reminds us of the dignity and the destiny of every human person, rich or poor, simple or learned, born and unborn. We all have this dignity and we all have this destiny to be transfigured with glory in Christ. It's kind of like a, a sneak preview of the resurrection. It's, a, it's like a window to the promised land, today's gospel. And, and Lent, is a, it, Lent means spring, and spring is time to reorganize, spring cleaning. And the church has us organize our lives from that perspective, from the eternal perspective, rather than the perspective of time. Uh, there's a story of a, a football player, Gail Sayers. He was a, a great running back with the Chicago Bears, and his nickname was the Kansas Comet. He would say, just give me 18 inches of daylight. Okay? He would do the rest. Just give me 18 inches of daylight. And Sayers wrote an autobiography called I Am Third. I Am Third. In his book, he describes his friendship with teammate Brian Piccolo. Piccolo helped Sayers through rehab after his injury, and Sayers helped Piccolo during his battle with cancer. And Sayers always wore a necklace with the words, I am third. And when Piccolo was dying, he asked Sayers what what that meant. And Gail Sayers explained it to him, God is first, Others are second, and I am third. And like we say, it's from that, that hierarchy, that organization, that we want to order our lives. Um, there's a, another story that's called Reaching for God's Perfection. There's all kinds of perfection that people seek. There's, there's physical perfection, physical beauty, athletic perfection, intellectual perfection. But the church calls us, especially during Lent, to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Okay? And we call that perfection holiness. It's perfection of soul. Okay? And so this, um, this story is called Reaching for God's Perfection. And it's about a, a school in Brooklyn, New York, which serves the learning disabled. And the father of one of the students in that school stood up and said that everything God does is done with perfection. Where is the perfection in my son, Shea? My son is not as other children. He cannot remember facts and figures as others do. Where is God's perfection in him? And the, the shocked and pained audience listened as the father continued. I believe that when God brings a childlike mind into the world, the perfection he seeks is in the way people react to him. I saw this the other day when walking in a park where boys were playing baseball. Shea asked me, will they let me play? 
The father approached the boys and asked if Shea could play. There was silence. The boys stared at Shea. Then one said, We are losing by six runs. The game is in the eighth inning. I guess he can be on our team, and we'll try to put him up to bat in the ninth. Uh, Shea put on a glove and stood where he was told. In the eighth inning, Shea's team scored three runs, but they were still behind by three. In the ninth inning, Shea's team scored again. Then with two outs and the bases loaded with a potential winning run on base, it was Shea's turn to hit. Would the team allow Shea to bat and lose their chance to win the game? Well, some strange chemistry had begun to work among the boys. A boy gave Shea the bat. Shea didn't even know how to hold the bat properly, let alone hit with it. But when he came to the plate, the pitcher came closer and tossed the ball softly. The first pitch came. Shea's swing was wild, and he missed. A teammate came up to Shea, and together they held the bat and faced the pitcher. The pitcher again took a few steps forward. As the pitch came in, Shea and his teammate swung at the ball, and together they hit a slow ground ball. The pitcher picked up the ball, but instead of throwing it to the first baseman and ending the game, he hurled it into right field. Both teams began to yell, Shea, run to first, run to first. Shea had never run to first before. He shambled nervously, wide-eyed and ecstatic, toward first. Before he reached the base, the right fielder could have thrown the ball and Shea would have been tagged out. But the fielder, right fielder threw the ball high over the first baseman's head. Shea ran to second. The opposing shortstop ran to him, turned him in the direction of third base, and shouted, To third, to third, run. Shea rounded third. Now boys from both teams ran behind him, screaming, Run home, home. Shea touched home plate, and all 18 boys lifted him on their shoulders as though he had hit a grand slam and won the game. The father's tear, father, tears now rolling down his face ended his story that day. That day, those boys reached toward God's perfection. Okay. And it takes um, a transfigured vision to see that dignity in every person and to treat them rather than to see people as objects to be used for my own ego or for my own pleasure, to see that dignity and destiny of each person and to treat them um, as, uh, as in accord with that real dignity they possess. One final story is, and they call these people retarded. A few years ago at the Seattle Special Olympics, nine contestants, all physically or mentally disabled, assembled at the starting line for the 100-yard dash. At the gun, they all started out, not exactly in a dash, but with a relish to run the race to finish and win. All that is except one little boy who stumbled at, on the asphalt, tumbled over a couple of times, and began to cry. The other eight heard the boy cry. They all slowed down and looked back. Then they all turned around and went back, every one of them. One girl with Down syndrome bent down and kissed him and said, this will make it better. 
Then all nine linked arms and walked together to the finish line. Everyone in the stadium stood, and the cheering went on for several minutes. People who were there are still telling the story. Why? Because deep down, we know this one thing. What matters in this life is more than winning for ourselves. What matters in this life is helping others win, even if it means slowing down and changing our course. Vince Lombardi had that expression, winning is not the most important thing, it's the only thing. And transfiguration is the way the church defines winning. And so life is about winning, but also slowing down to help others to win. Uh, Being, like we say, recognizing their dignity, recognizing their destiny, and helping them along that path to the finish line which is transfiguration. It's been said that the only success in life is to be a saint. The only failure is not to get to heaven. So in this season of Lent, we, we seek with renewed vigor to, to run toward that finish line of transfiguration and to be willing to slow down and help others also to reach that line.